Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure, bonus material, The Dad Files. In looking for material to read, I found an old folder that contains every article that I ever wrote about being a dad. From the very first time we knew we were having a baby, all the way through the adult life of my daughter and now her own children. Oh, I always get letters from people who say, hey, when you preach, you talk about your children too much. Well, being a dad is one of the most awesome responsibilities and one of the greatest adventures I've ever had. I hope you'll enjoy The Dad Files. Twenty years ago, I was invited to be a guest at a special conference called Challenge Youth Conference. It's better known to most people as CYC. I've been a guest speaker there for the last 20 years and been privileged to work with their board. Uh, It's an annual event. It takes place uh, in Dallas uh, on Martin Luther King weekend, and it takes place in Pigeon Forge at the LeConte Center on the last weekend in February. This year, 2022, it will be January 14 through 16 at the Dallas Marriott in Las Colinas, Texas. It will happen February 25 through 27 at Pigeon Forge in the LeConte Center. The theme for 2022 is for me. From the beginning, God had a plan for you and for me. The different topics will be creation for me, redemption for me, and heaven for me. Some of your favorite teachers, along with Ben and Travis, And the Skits with a Truth guys, the SWAT team, will guide you through this spiritually equipping weekend. CYC is a sponsor of Keeping Up with Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. You may find out more information, three W's and a dot, cyconline.com, www.cyconline.com. A poem and a prayer. I had been asked to write a poem. A young lady was getting married. I had been the pulpit minister where she worshipped when she was 12 years old. This was in Salem, Arkansas. The poem was to be included in her ceremony. This is a very special young lady, and so I set about granting her request. I was supposed to read it aloud. I had been asked to read the poem I had written. This would involve several vacation days, an out-of-town road trip in the middle of the summer, and poetry reading. I told you, this was a very special young lady. Now that we're set, Jackie is the matron of honor. This girl and Jackie were very close friends when we lived in Salem, Arkansas. This young lady was the closest person in the congregation to Jackie's age. Jackie was married when she was 18 and was the wife of the pulpit minister in Salem, Arkansas. The regular minister is there, and the minister of poetry is there. Lonnie Elizabeth Jones is also factored into this equation. So in order to do everything that we needed, it was determined that I be seated until my part of the ceremony. I read the poem, I sit down and wait. The minister there does the thing, and then when he finishes, I wrap up the whole thing with a prayer. Lonnie Beth is not real comfortable during all of this, so I'm expecting the worst when it comes time for her to sit while I go to the front. After the poem, which went reasonably well, 
I came back to my seat and I sit down with Lonnie Beth. She had been fascinated by the boutonniere that they gave all the wedding party. She fascinated with my boutonniere all day. I mean, how many little girls have dads who read poetry and wear flowers? About this time, some of you are making mental wisecracks concerning the color of the striping on my back and concerning the color of the pinstripes on my little truck. Anyway, I took the flower off and gave it to her. Actually, I pinned it to her dress. Things were fine. Just as it fell my time to pray, the wedding being concluded, the minister having made his pronouncements. So I stood up. Lonnie Beth, at this time, decided to take her flower off. I took it from her dress and stood where I was in order to pray. Just as I stood, I handed her the flower and the pen. I'm praying out loud. My left hand is in my pocket. While I'm praying, this little whispered voice says, Hold this, Daddy. It's dangerous. Somewhere between asking a special blessing on Cindy and Anthony and thanking God for the institution of marriage, my daughter impaled my left hand with a boutonniere pen. I'm almost sure she was attempting to place it in the fabric of my pants. It went into my pocket and into my left wrist. Can you say carpal tunnel syndrome? I'm sure you can. Control. Can you pray for others while you're being jabbed with pins? I'm not talking about just metal pins, but cruel pins. Mental pins. Gossip. Rumors. Hatred. Prejudice. Can you pray for people who are pushing the pins in? Jesus did. Oh, and, and by the way, they weren't using pins. They were using nails. We have a first grader at our house. And we decided several weeks ago that on Labor Day, we would explore a little creek near where we live. I donned the usual pair of fatigue pants, black. I laced up my boots, checked the mechanical integrity of my anti-serpent device. The theme from Raiders of the Lost Ark was playing in my head. As my co-adventurers appear, the theme changed to raiding is a lost art. My co-captain is wearing a floppy t-shirt, knee-length shorts, and these cute little shoes that doesn't mind getting wet. The third member of the expedition was dressed in similar fashion with the highlight of her ensemble being a Snoopy life jacket. We got into my little flat bottom boat that we used to call Frog Sniper One. Jim Goins calls it SWAT One. It's the perfect family-sized boat for a little outing in a small creek. We saw fish. We saw frogs. We saw wading birds. We saw turtles. Even found a beaver's lodge. Once or twice, I had to get out of the boat to cross a fallen tree. On one such maneuver, the tree was completely blocking our path, and so we placed our little boat along the bank so that Jackie and Lonnie Beth could get out. After they got out, I would step onto the tree, move the boat across the tree, and we would continue. As Lonnie Beth stepped onto the steep bank, she immediately began to slide into the water. I pushed against her to provide some support, but that actually caused the boat to push away from the shore. Now she's sliding down the bank and going under the boat. 
as excitement goes, this is not the edge of your seat stuff. Unless, of course, you are the one going under the boat with nothing to save you but your Snoopy life jacket. In an effort to save the day, I grabbed the strap of her jacket and lifted her. Put your feet down, I said. Don't be afraid and put your feet down. Of course, all this hero stuff was going on while I was trying to hold the boat still, and so I wasn't really getting a good look at Lonnie Beth. Finally, I realized that she could not put her feet down because I was holding her too far up to let her reach the ground. What a terrible position. She was in trouble. She was afraid. And the only instructions that she was getting, she was physically unable to obey. It was physically impossible for her to do what I'd ask her to do. Oh, God treats us much better. God is a better father than we are. God treats his children far better than that. Even when we get ourselves into the situation, even when we cause our own trouble, even when we do things we shouldn't do, he provides a way for us to escape. 1 Corinthians 10, 12, and 13. His answers are sometimes tough. His answers are often not what we would like, but he never asks us to do that which is not possible. Providing the solution is, is his part. But he never asks us to complete something that he doesn't give us the competency for. Providing the solution comes from God. Obeying, repenting, seeking his wisdom is our part. It, it is not that he asks people to do things they can't do. Very often he gives us answers to things and he's asking us to do things and to solve our problems and they're just things that we won't do. Remember, when God gives us the instructions, He also gives us the power. Don't make excuses about what you can't do. I think it's sometimes that we choose not to do. In 1998, I opened up my private practice. I moved to a little small office on South Memorial Parkway. And across the hall from my office was a absolutely charming Southern gentleman named Mr. Walt Barty. He and his sister Anne ran Walt Barty Coins and Bullion. This little shop was eventually taken over by their grandson, Jared Bentley. Jared is one of the most pleasant people you'll ever do business with. If you're interested in investing in gold or silver, call Walt Barty Coins and Bullion. 256-883-9004, 256-883-9004, or use the 800 number, 1-800-608-6052, that's 1-800-608-6052. Lonnie Elizabeth Jones, M.D., Never give a small child an old flashlight. Lonnie Beth had the flashlight and kept insisting that I open my mouth very wide. Open it bigger, Daddy. Now your tongue is in the way. There's a lot of giggling and being silly. She had my head leaned back as far as it would go. She was on her tippy toes as if she were trying to look all the way down my throat. She grunted. She sighed. She ooed. She awed. She giggled. And finally, frustrated, she plopped down on the seat beside me and said, I can't see your heart. 
Only a child could imagine that it is possible to look straight into someone's heart. Only an adult would believe that you can't. Oh, that's not to say she's never seen my heart. When she is hurt, she sees my heart. When she is afraid, she sees my heart. When she has to learn discipline's lesson, she sees my heart. When they call me and told me that Ricky Norris had died, I sat in the floor and just cried. That has bothered her, but she saw my heart. At least once a week now, she will tell me that she's sorry. My friend died. A teenager came forward, and I handled the response in the front of the building. And When I returned to my seat, she hugged my neck and asked me, Daddy, are, are you crying without tears? I read the poem that I'd written at Cindy's wedding, and although she didn't understand everything that was going on, when I sat back down, she held me very tightly. Yeah. I think she has seen my heart. Can people see your heart? Do you allow your children to see it? Does your spouse know your heart? I'm not attempting to boast about the accessibility of my heart. and In fact, there are times that I was ashamed as a man and as a minister to even cry. I didn't want people to see my heart. I do remember the first time I saw my dad's heart. He was making my bed on a Sunday morning, and we lived in the new house in East Aboga. Your heart cannot be visible at all times. Although it can be easily located 100% of the time, Jesus said that if you could find what we treasure, then you could find our hearts. Actually, he said our heart and our treasure are in exactly the same place. Our children look at us very hard for what we think is important. They will never believe what we say until they can find our hearts stored away with the things we claim that we treasure. It was a volleyball game. Everyone was playing pretty hard. A couple of folks were acting like they were in the Olympics. As host to the event, I had just purchased some brand new halogen floodlights. Oh yeah, after dark volleyball. How cool. The kids from church were there. The neighbors were there. It got dark. The mosquitoes came out. And a little girl got very, very tired. Hot and tired is tough when you're three. I took her inside. I set up the VCR. I put Beauty and the Beast in. It was one of those long discussions that dads and daughters have. Are there monsters? What happens if someone comes in and turns off the TV? Can I have a snack? Dad, would you like to watch Beauty and the Beast? It was carefully and finally explained that there were guests. They were here, and they needed to play volleyball. 
The video I did did not last very long. The little girl came back out in the yard. After the second game and a break, the neighbor said to me, your little girl and my wife have gone to our house to watch videos. Now, these particular neighbors are Pat and Nelda Bradford, and they have a history of indulging our children, whether it's convenient to them personally or not. As the dad, I was a bit flustered. I went over to intervene. Nelda explained that the daughter was walking out in the dark toward our house, and as she asked her where she was going, she merely said, I'm going inside to watch videos all by myself. I don't know how the image of a little three-year-old trudging into the shadows to seclude herself in the warm glow of the TV strikes you, but at the time it broke my heart. Maybe you think it's no big deal. Maybe you'd feel differently if you were her dad. I apologize to Nelda Bradford. I apologize to my daughter. I took my knee pads off and retired from volleyball for the evening. After all, my wife and two interns were in the yard. They could handle the volleyball. My daughter and I had a long talk that dads and daughters have about what and who is important. Oh, sure, I'm probably being manipulated. I do have a lot to learn about being a parent. But there's this little girl. She has her mother's blue eyes, and she needs to learn something about being a daughter. God gave daughters to mommies and daddies, and mommies and daddies need to be careful about what messages that they send to these little ones. What seems to be urgent is not always what is important. I want my relationship with my little girl to be such that one day she will want to play volleyball with me and not see volleyball as something that took me away from her. For some reason, I'm humming the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon, a little boy blue and the man in the moon as I think about these things. Oh yeah, I wrote this in a church bulletin when Lonnie Beth was three years old. And I'm aware at the time that my daughter could not read. Well, I didn't write it for her. I took Lonnie Beth walking in the woods the other day. <laughs> Officially, we were rabbit hunting. As we walked through the woods, we encountered briars, water to try out our boots, and several dead fallen trees. Of course, a three-year-old will ask, why did those trees fall? Of course, her daddy will try to explain that they died. Then the next question is always, why? My best explanation was that they got very old. Lonnie Beth's real name is Lonnie Elizabeth Jones. She is actually named after a lady we always knew as Mary Elizabeth. Mary Elizabeth Johnson was a pink lady. She was older than most of us at our congregation. She was incredibly nice to the Jones boys in our family. Miss Mary Elizabeth and Miss Lexi Methan. Sister Johnson recently passed into the next life. Lonnie Beth overheard Jackie and I discussing this. There had been some special arrangements made that some things that belonged to Mary Elizabeth would become Lonnie Beth's when she turned 21. There's a, a special piece of china 
and some savings bonds that the dear lady left because Lonnie Elizabeth Jones had her namesake. That night, during our bedtime routine, she brought up the subject, Daddy, why did that lady die? Because she was old. And, and just like trees get old and die, that's what happens to people. Daddy, will you get old? Yes, honey, hopefully Daddy will get old. Daddy, are you going to die? Yes, everybody has to die. Little tears started. I don't want my Daddy to die. We hugged a lot. I even slept in the room for a little while. I tried to assure that Daddy more than likely wouldn't die for a while and that normally people get to live out their lifespans, but you really can't make a promise like that. Now, don't get the wrong impression about the maturity of my little one. She announced the next day that if her Daddy died, we'd need to get a new one. The conversation I need to have with her was not possible at that time. She's pretty concerned about whether or when Daddy may die. She doesn't even understand death. She doesn't understand my death. And she's never come to the conclusion or confronted the fact that she too must die. We get caught up thinking about the life and its relative shortness. Although we usually think about it in the shortness of, of another person's life. When the Pharaoh met Jacob, the old man, when asked by the young Pharaoh, how old are you? says 137 years, but that's not anything compared to the breadth of my ancestors. He says, I'm 137 and it's not enough time. We all get caught up in that. We all look at life and go, you know, that just wasn't long enough. There wasn't enough time. The idea that all of us are mortal is easy to forget. We're not promised to live a long, long time. It's a fact that is easy not to even think about. Ask a 16-year-old if they worry about death. They may say yes, but watch how they drive. Thinking about our own death should not be a preoccupation. It just should be something that runs in the background. We make all kinds of plans. I wonder how much we plan for death. James, in his letter to the scattered Jewish people, says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we'll go to such a city, we'll spend a year there, we'll buy and we'll sell and we'll make a profit. But you don't know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. We, we can't plan for death as in when or where or what age or what circumstances, but we do need to plan that all of us will die. Since we can't plan for death, we really need to be planning for what happens after death. It is appointed unto men once to die. And after this, the judgment. That's a discussion that dads need to have with their daughters when they're old enough to understand 
death. Did you know a home bought or sold can mean that help is given to those in need? With Rosenblum Realty, a portion of their revenue is given to charities and nonprofits every single week. If you believe in helping those in need and are in the market to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, then consider the fact that partnering with Rosenblum Realty means they'll give a contribution to mission work, food distribution, homeless programs, children's education, military and veterans programs, and many other great works. Rosenblum Realty is a fourth-generation family-owned real estate company. To find out how they can help you while helping others, visit givetomycommunity.com. That's givetomycommunity.com. Or visit them at rosenbloomrealty.com. Rosenbloom Realty, making lives a little rosier, one house at a time.